What up, guys? It's Rachel. And Noah. And, and that's it. <laughs> and <laughs> Just we, us two. <laughs> all right. Well, we also have a returning guest. Hi, I'm Corey. Good, good to see you. Ah, damn it. <laughs> we can't see any, anything, Corey. We're on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see me right now, Corey. Oh. You can only hear my voice. That's right. That's right. We're remote. Yeah, just joking. But we're really excited to have Corey back. Apparently, he's only allowed to watch certain movies with us, according to Noah. It's either a drama or a scary movie, right, babe? Yeah, Corey can't control his emotions. His emotions. He has emotional outbreaks. That's true. So if a movie's not going That's the true. If a movie's not going the way he likes, halfway through the movie he starts flipping off the screen. <laughs> And like laughing out loud and it just, it's very unpleasant for everybody around. I have witnessed, <laughs> I have witnessed the laughing out loud Let's before. just say I, I like to take it seriously. So, this, so movie, this whole movie thing. <laughs> That's why we only watch horror movies <laughs> and dramas because Corey has a soft spot for dramas. Pessimistic, world's ending, dramas. <laughs> <laughs> Corey's just, Stick up for yourself, Corey. Yeah, life. it's hard to, uh, it's hard to fight with the host, you know? <laughs> I'm the host. This is his show or in your show. <laughs> Just joking. All right, Your guys. Hostess. <laughs> Not the donut. All right. Anyways. Woo. So we're going to do something a little different this time. We're actually going to do no spoilers. So I just wanted to throw that out there in case you stop wa- listening at this point. Well, let them know what movie. The Boogeyman. The Boogeyman. 2023. Not to be mistaken with Boogeyman from 2021. And what was the one before that? 2006 or five. And that was Boogeyman or The Boogeyman? I think it was Boogeyman. Different from Boogie Nights as well. Correct. Correct. <laughs> Way different movie. Boogie on the Bayou? That's not a movie. <laughs> You're also doxing us. Um, like Rachel kidding. said, we're trying a different format here where we are doing a non-spoiler review. We figured this would be a good movie to test it out with. We are trying to keep our same agenda, just not going into full plot details. So that way, if you haven't seen the movie, keep on listening. Also, this is a good time to let the audience, ask the audience, I I should say, what they prefer for us to do spoilers or non-spoilers. It's something we're torn about and we don't have any data to look at. So it's... Yeah, Hillary. Should we do spoilers or no spoilers? Yeah, Hillary, Nate, mom, dad. Well, it's good because if you haven't seen the movie... You know, when you're turning this podcast yeah, so on, spoiler is better. Get an idea about to see it or not. You know, yeah. So we're excited idea. for this one. All right. So Corey, did you want to give a synopsis for? Take it, it away, Corey. Whoa. All right. <laughs> uh, let's do it. Last time he see did, he did a names. summary for okay, us. Yeah, don't you have to repeat the movie line last for line? <laughs> last time he gave us like a full on cast we, we, writing. We actually cut it. Movie. We we cut it out. It, it was so It was long. like five minutes before he was going through scene by scene. And he was happened. only in the intro mm-hmm. <laughs> five minutes. I was like, dude, just like high summary, like elevator pitch of the movie. So the boogeyman, we find ourselves following this family who uh, just lost a family member. Is that giving a spoiler? <laughs> no. And uh, the father is a therapist, psychologist, and the youngest daughter. And the older daughter is in high school. And the film starts off uh, introducing the therapist. <laughs> All right, Corey, <laughs> we tried. Rachel, please. No, I think you should do it this okay. time. 
So the Boogeyman, the classic tale by the re-adaptation of Stephen King's short story from the 70s or 80s. Basically, the childhood horror story of the monster underneath your bed or in your closet brought to life into the big screen is following around this family who had recently lost their mother and is preying on their sadness. Um, and I think that's a good high-level overview of what happens in the movie. Of course, they have to come together and band together to survive and fight this evil power. Well, we don't know if they survive. <clears throat> True. They... Uh, we don't know. It's a non <laughs> non spoiler alert. Non spoiler, Noah. Well, Some they still them, have to band together, die. nonetheless. <laughs> well, I think that was a good one, honestly. If you've watched any of the Boogeyman's or if you read Stephen King's novels, you'll know that it's just keep the lights on and you're don't be afraid of the dark. So this might be a stupid question, but Stephen King didn't invent the Boogeyman, right? Like this is like an old ass. Actually, that's a good good question, but I remember reading it in Goosebumps as well like a version of the boogeyman. So I always think there was like a someone, something in the dark. But who, where did he, I mean, he might've originated it. Yeah. Maybe maybe in the story there's folklore and maybe that's why we think it's, it's so old, but Stephen King has come up with. Yeah. A whole bunch of hundreds of. Who wants to be our fact checker? Oh, wait. Oh, go ahead. Rachel. Wait, wait. (laughs) <laughs> I just want to make sure that she wasn't banging on the table so it ruins the I'm experience for our lovely audience. But yeah, we were recently just chatting about why the Boogeyman or Boogeyman versions of the film have been made. Because everybody knows the Boogeyman. Recently. It's a very interesting idea. And it's a cool concept, so that's maybe why they keep, keep bringing it up. There's always going to be re- re- re-adaptations of it because it's a known property and folks are going to see it. And it's... I bet you this movie was made for super cheap. Mm. It actually says that the boogeyman is a (laughs) titular titular main antagonist of the short story of the same name written by Stephen King. First first published in March 1973. Wow. And to be honest, I feel like that means he wrote it. Yeah, I think uh, Stephen King might be the originator. Every single time I search the boogeyman, he comes up. So, yeah. No, it says the boogeyman was first referenced for the... Hobgoblins described in the 16th century England. Many believed that they were made to torment humans, and while some only played simple pranks, others were more foul in nature. So I think the whole term boogeyman's been around for a while. Okay. Okay. And also, John Wick. I literally they should just have called saw him that, in the movie. I just saw my. It just came to me. I just saw the no. You looked it up on Google, and then John Wick popped up. No. It was like the, it was like the third thing that said Boogeyman and John Wick on it. I swear on mine. Did look at my search history. Look at mine. He pops up like third on mine. What's the John Wick reference? How I did John uh, Wick become the Boogeyman? That's what it says on my search history. Is that well, his he, he's who they sent to kill the Boogeyman. Okay, I'm not familiar with the franchise. So the Boogeyman is is the leader. Yeah, of he the kills John people Wick? for his wait, dog. Wait, wait, wait. No, I know. Oh, wait, we're going to lose all credibility if you haven't seen the John Wicks. Why is that? Yeah, why oh. is that? All right. But I'm, I'm asking the Let's boogie, just move on. The Boogeyman is a character in the John Wick franchise? No, that's John Wick's nickname. That who uses? Everybody. <laughs> the bad guys use it. Everybody. Boogeyman. Okay. They call him the Baba Yaga. <laughs> Baba Yaga. <laughs> Not to be confused with Baba Duke. That guy's scary. Um, on the bike. <laughs> <all right. laughs> I'm just 
joking, guys. I know it's not. All right, a little rocky start, but you know, as long as there's a children and a bed and a closet, the boogeyman will will be remade and remade. I yeah, think. honestly. As long as and there's this audiences. time, it's being remade by Rob Savage, who I actually haven't seen any of his other work. Have you, Corey? I would have to look at the IMDb. I'm not sure. It's going to be host, Dawn of the Deaf, Act, Strings, Dashcam, Soulmates, The Lovers, Watershed. I think it's safe to say we haven't seen yeah. any of his work prior. I think but... I've seen Host. Oh. 2020. I think it was one of my favorite films of 2020. Yeah, actually. 2020. So you did watch it. I've seen that one. Ooh. It's via Zoom? Yeah, it's a horror film. That they essentially film completely on Zoom with characters. So he does horror, horror most of the time. Yeah, it sounds like he's getting getting. I thought for what space. he had to work it with, looks it looks like was his other movies well. are kind of creepy, actually. So yeah, there was um, you said his name earlier, Mike Flanagan. Mm-hmm. When I first saw him do the the Mirror movie, have you seen that one? There were he he went on to do like the Netflix series. Oh, let me see his IMDb. yeah. But that was the first one I saw from him, and I was like, "Oh man, this guy's super good." Because this is kind of like a so-so story, but the way it was shot and just you, you can tell he was going to be like big news. Yeah, it was that he did the House on Haunted Hill series, right? Oculus, that one too. Ooh, I yeah. And that then guy's... he followed up with. Well, like, what does he have to do with this movie? Just that, like this guy, Rob Savage, it looked like it was done really well because he was kind of given like a so-so story, mm-hmm. but he really like maximized it for being the boogeyman. Mm, got it. All right. So starring Sophia Thatcher, who plays Sadie, the older sister, Chris Messina, who I literally tapped Noah, or his name's Will Harper, obviously, but he plays Chris, the dad. And I literally tapped Noah in the theater and I was like, we know him. We just saw him. And I've seen him in some shows, but he was actually just in the Nike movie as like the annoying air. air. Yeah. He plays the kind of jerk lawyer, the opposite of Matt Damon. And would have to say it's a completely opposite role from this. Yeah, it so is. it's really cool. Like here, you you feel like he's really soft spoken and a lovable, good actor. and then in that one, you hate him and really believe he's. He a has jerk. like a really charming smile where like one of his lips comes up, mm-hmm. like before the other, and I'm just no, like, he got me. Yep, you can tell he's he's put some work in on the screen. He's really natural. Yeah. Then we got Vivian Lyra Blair, who plays the younger sister, and I loved her. She, she was, also was in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. She plays the young um, Layla. No. Yes. Who's Anakin's? No. Who's Luke's sister? Leia. Leia. She, she plays young Leia. She was the little girl in Bird Box? And we should say... Wow. She's getting some work, huh? I don't know. I was like, I've seen her in something, and it... Has to be pretty recent because she's only eleven, so it has to be within the last like two years. Mm-hmm. So wow! Was, yeah, she's the little put, put she's the she's the girl in Bird Box. She looks so young in that movie. Wow, she she does good. That was a creepy movie too. To be fair, I think the last person we have to mention is Le- who played Lester Billings. You want to take a stab at the name, Rach? David Dasmalachian. Did you recognize him when you saw him first come on screen? Yeah, he, I recognized him a lot. I, I knew who he, where he was from. I mean, what movie, he always what, plays what like you, chaotic he, characters. He plays like the kind of creepy. Yeah, like chaotic, like really messed up in the head type yeah. of roles. Mm-hmm. That's why his face is what always What movie were you thinking? Dark Knight. Yeah. I was thinking Dark Knight too. He was also in Dune, okay. Suicide Squad, and Animals. 
lot of movies. Yeah, he's got one of those memorable faces, Do and it's what? not particularly a great looking face. It's just a strange looking face, and so you, I feel like you. Who played? Uh, immediately captivated by. Yeah, him. immediately. Have you seen the first Charlie's Angels? You know the. No, it's not him. I know it's not him, but. The one where he chops the hair off and he smells it. Yeah, I know it's not him, but it, he he's kind of that he guy now. Mind, yeah. Crispin Glover? Yeah. Is that what you're referring Back to? to future? Yeah. yeah. He's like that guy now. Pretty like, much, like, yeah. Creepy. <laughs> There's yeah. always one, I mean. I wouldn't know. be surprised if they were somehow related. Yeah, people make careers on, on their face and it's not necessarily has to be the best looking. Oh, no, I agree. I think, what's that guy with the eyebrows? He's been on a heck of stuff. Eyebrows? Jack Black? <laughs> I mean, no. every, every guy has eyebrows. No, the movie where they travel across the town with... Um... Dude, I suck. The movie they travel across <laughs> the town with the guy with eyebrows. With Jason Bateman? Is it Jason Bateman? Jason. What's the, what's the old girl that was married? I can't think of things on the spot, so I start like panicking. It's okay. We can, we'll, we'll help what you What is we'll the girl that was married to, to um, Brad Pitt before Angelina Jolie? Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston, where she's a stripper and she gets taken. Oh. That kid with the eyebrows. Yeah, he was in The Revenant. He, he has a small role. He plays. Oh. Uh, he, he was in the new. You Guardians know what I'm talking about now. Yeah, he was <laughs> in Guardians, Guardians Three. Yeah. He was the okay. Yeah, yeah was him. He's got that kid. He sure. he literally. I feel like he's like a decent actor, but his face is just so very unique. Very unique. Where every single time, I'm like, oh my god. But he plays a lot of different roles. Like he played the annoying comedic relief. He played a superhero, and then in the Revenant, he played like a serious role. So he's actually like doing a good job of not being like typecasted. He's definitely not as good as. Lester Billings, though. <laughs> David. Um, and he was in uh, Bandersnatch, which was pretty good. All right. Yeah, so uh, I felt the cast was pretty strong. Maybe the, one of the strongest parts of the movie. I agree with that. A- acting, like the acting. Yeah. It, I would have to say that Vivian, the little sister, kept me intrigued the whole time. I was pretty captivated by her. I just felt bad for her the entire time. I was like, oh, poor thing. Like, I wish... Why can't somebody be with her? Yeah, she was kind of left alone a lot in the movie. So... We might be jumping ahead. No, well, I was going to say, should we talk about what we disliked about it first or good parts? Because it kind of sounds like we're going down the dislikes first. Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about what we liked. Yeah, what we liked first. first. Yeah. I mean, I liked her. And then we can just like conversate and go and I guess okay that works I just didn't want to jump because I, the where you were heading I was like okay yeah I wasn't heading there Corey was heading there all this stuff that popped in my head but I'll save it for later we'll talk about our favorite parts of what we really felt strong about the movie mm-hmm. core yeah so like I previously mentioned I think the cast and the acting was very strong uh, no matter you know the story I feel like if you have some people who you can rely on despite what happens in the script pages or on the screen. Um, so I really enjoyed that aspect. I think the director is very nice to watch. He makes some unique, interesting choices with camera. Um, Do you like it better now that shot. you know he directed your favorite movie? Of 2020? No, it doesn't necessarily make, make me like the film better, um, but you felt like you were in good hands. It was a little bit rocky in the beginning. Some of the camera was shaky and kind of out of focus, I felt. And I don't know if you guys picked up any of that. 
I think they did Honestly, purpose, after though. watching Ambulance, I literally, I literally will never think that a director cuts too much or makes me feel dizzy because I was feeling so nauseous after watching That's that. That's Michael Bay for you. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. The Michael Bay movies, just when two people are talking, you do like 10 360s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it hurts my head. And, and after like, because Corey showed us like a film that he directed and he was talking about some of the stuff he was shooting. And then you really start paying attention to that and other things. And that started making me dizzy because we turned on ambulance right after mm, that. And I was like, yeah. I'm going to throw up mm. all over this couch. Yeah. Um, but going back to Corey's point, that was also what, what I felt was a strong point was the acting the char- and the character development for it being like a boogeyman movie. Because it's kind of like a... Don't want to say lame, but it's been done so many times. So to kind of make it fresh and original and like a little bit deeper rather than just being like a superficial jump scare movie, they did a good job of like trying to make you feel for these characters, for it being the boogeyman, which I thought was seemed like a hard task from the get go. But they they did pretty well, and that's props to Rob Savage for the way he shot the movie and kind of portrayed the characters. So that was one one of my favorite parts as well. My favorite part was David's part because I've not I've never really been afraid of things that you can't really see in movies because you know you can fight them or you know well it's the boogeyman right but his role where he's in his in his house with the daughter home and you just don't really know how unhinged he is was scary to me like that whole buildup of him not knowing if he was going to hurt him or hurt his daughter or what like his intentions were like that was creepy just because it was so unmanageable. And I liked that part. Yeah, I like that scene too, because the dad who I was, I, he, he always reminds me of Tony Danza. I know he's not Tony Danza. Chris Messina. <laughs> but Chris Messina, the way his character handled the situation too, he didn't make like stupid decisions at that point. He kind of said like, Hey, like not now he felt bad for the guy. And like, it may seem more believable of how, they got into the whole mess with, with the boogeyman. I think we went into spoilers a little bit. It's okay. But what I, I, think we're, I think we're dancing on No, on I, I danced on it and then you danced also <laughs> and I feel like we're kind of talking about the scene too much. So we should just stop. I mean, His whole opening scene was so good. Like yeah, that part I think we really could good. talk about we for, and sorry for the audience, but for the spoilers, we want to avoid revealing like major plot points. Like this is, yeah, the boogeyman. The boogeyman is going to take over the family. Like people know it's in the trailer. So the yeah, it was interesting, and I am not as well versed as I should be. I think talking about boogeyman, but has the boogeyman always been a real yeah thing, or is it this sort of I actually have no spirit idea. type character, yeah, or, in, on. or only exists in people's imaginations? Uh, it'd be interesting to see what Stephen King did. was it not pretty accurate or that was in the the book well yeah see that's what i really liked about it is because it's the boogeyman the monster from your closet and they made it more into like a believable this family's being haunted and (laughs) (laughs) it's it's kind of a stupid premise like this guy's in your closet but it's only stupid if it's not it has the lights are off no if it hasn't been like we i kind of want to understand why this character is doing these things, and we really didn't get a whole lot of that in the, <laughs> like the, the movie Boogeyman The Joker, backstory. like the movie The Joker. Well, I mean, <laughs> in order for for me at least to be really interested and really enthralled and scared in a movie, I need to understand the whole world. And if I don't, I think you need to watch Don't Look Under the Bed. Don't the, look under the bed. The okay. One. Oh, 
All right. <laughs> How about that opening shot when was he gets it? into the house, though, with the little girl, with her little ball of light? Yeah. That oh, yeah. Part. That was a great part. The movie starts off very intense. I feel like it started off really good. Like pretty cutthroat. And you're so kind of it, it started off good enough for like, like we all said, the boogeyman. Like we're all not scared of the boogeyman. We're not scared. Well, I can't speak for Noah. I think he's still afraid of the dark, but like we're all not afraid of the dark. We're all adults. And you always tell kids like be, you still turn off the light and sprint up the stairs at your parents' house. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't do that. My sister yes, told you that story. No, I, when I was to, growing I, up. I heard you do it. He's lying. What twelve years ago? <laughs> anyway, it's hard to it's it's hard to to know how much you can be scared of a character when they're just there and existing. You're like, oh well, okay. And I don't know if you guys felt the same if way. Something crawled under your bed. Would you not be scared? So to me, yeah. Imagine if you were eight. Yeah, I mean, I, when I was eight, I I was terrified of what was under the bed. Really? Yeah, for sure. So I think I stopped becoming I never afraid had a bed. of. <laughs> I slept on the ground. <laughs> I stopped becoming afraid of like being what's under the bed or what's in the closet after I had to like clean it. Because once you clean something and, and that like was scrub one it, year ago, you're mm-hmm. like, dude, Last like this. Year. I know what this this is made of, and like yeah. I've seen every square inch of this thing. There's nothing here. Mm-hmm. We'll see about that. <laughs> what I what I did want was a little bit more of understanding the lore and but I think that's kind of where stupid. the boogeyman came from. That's stupid, right, dude? Find out where the boogeyman came from. Because then it doesn't have to be stupid. Well, because then it just becomes a. a But I also don't care to know about the boogeyman. It's a very thin jump scare movie with with no roots in. That's what I'm saying. In any reality. They did a good job of making the the monster in the closet into a movie that seemed pretty believable. Because that's basically what it is. The boogeyman's a monster in your closet, and they made this and crafted this whole storyline and world behind it where you really feel for these characters and are you know legitimately scared at some point yeah so for like the boogeyman they really like stretch and maximize that like premise of it because it is a very kind of corny and lame premise but they did a good job yeah i agree does anybody have any good parts or should we just get into the bad parts well i had a couple other kind of piggy piggybacking off what i said was this movie did rely a lot on in the middle part, especially like jump scares, but they did do a couple of like original takes of jump scares, which I didn't really see. With they kind of like lulled you, and I, I jumped in the theater. Quite Noah a few times. literally jumped off his seat like twice. He actually said, Oh, once <laughs> I was like, Oh, that got him good. And that part was like obvious. Well, you admitted that you no, saw the it in second the part, the second part that you said, Oh, on I didn't not see that. Oh, yeah, there's one part where. It kind of lulls you to sleep, and then all of a sudden, it's like a sprint attack, and you're trying to process what happened. And there, I jumped, and I was like, "What? What the hell's going on?" And uh, yeah, it, no, I think you process what happened well, because so your brain scared. isn't. You're not really expecting something like that, and at that moment, and then moment also what kind they of what, had. It was just like a heightened moment when they were all fighting. We might be talking about different moments. The closet. No, different one. Oh yeah, the f- yeah that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but yeah. then it's. But I'm talking about the un- one where you actually like did a Noah scream for the who. Oh, that yeah, was in the but closet. that was a but that was a jump scare because it you know like the music happens like that that's a jump scare. But, but the, you weren't uh, lulled; you were awake. The other part was um, more unexpected and what ha- like it start- startles you, and then immediately following that, something like kind of disturbing happens, and you're like, "Oh man, where's this going?" And like, "What's happening?" 
So that that part I really appreciated, and it was original kind of for them doing like a jump scare scene. They had a really fresh take on it. I will say that kind of reminds me of the show we watched, Haunting on Hill House, where like there was that one scene where the girl just pops in between. She's yeah, like, it kind of reminded me like, of that Like where it's just too. out of nowhere. You're just like, trying to listen to timing. the conversation, like perfect timing. And I really love those kind of scary scenes. So yeah, I liked, so it had that aspect to it, but then it also immediately after that have what happened, what a creepy try scene not, after. Try not to spoil just it. Just say a creepy scene after. Like what happened at, right after it was like kind of disturbing too. So that just added more to it. So that was like my favorite scary moment of the movie without revealing any spoilers and ruining it for anybody. Yeah. I didn't jump at all. And I don't know how you felt. I didn't jump at all either. But I think the one part, the first part that I did see in the trailer, had I not, I probably would. Rachel also covered her ears the whole movie. I didn't cover my ears. (laughs) You didn't cover your ears at once. Well, why'd you cry? <laughs> I didn't. I well, watched we it. can say I covered my ears and we can say you cried in the theater. So well, I just admitted off camera that you, that you covered your no, ears. No, I don't. I used to cover my ears as a kid. So now like I'll place my thumbs like on top of it just because it just feels normal. I watched mo- scary movies when I was eight years old. Like you could never live my life, bro. Okay. So <laughs> you placed your thumbs over your ears. You, you didn't. I didn't well, I was, push to what I, I was wide eyed and my ears had nothing in them. So... Wide-eyed um, has nothing to do with your ears. <laughs> I was there. and uh, Corey was texting. Full sentence. Corey! That's why we only watch horror movies or drama with him. I'm so he's glad the I worst. wasn't sitting next to you. Never Sounds go to like we all have Corey. our thing, don't we? Who was she? I watched it. I just... The, the, they made it to scare you, and I jumped. Yeah, as you should. Well, did anybody else have any good parts. I feel like without going too much into it, like the opening scene with David was my favorite. Sounds like you had a few jump scares that were your favorite. And then Corey just thought the cast and held up the movie all together. Right. That a good. Yeah, I think so. And me, you know, the, the, uh, choice of some shots. Oh yeah. Well. Oh, I almost forgot the music and the score to this was pretty good. Pretty creepy. And I really liked it. They played Elvis at the end. I mean, when they're rolling the credits, but <laughs> <laughs> that was like the credit when the, the credits start rolling, they play an Elvis song, which like every movie does. But during it, throughout the scary scenes and all that, it had a really creepy composition. I honestly don't even think I remember the music besides one scene where I know Corey was pretending to drum. <laughs> That's the only when she's walking towards the, the house that has murder on it. But that was just like a, a soundtrack, but when it's like the violins and creepy ominous I don't think I noticed that. So I don't know if that's a good sign or a bad sign, but I honestly didn't even remember the music. I did notice that they would, even if something wasn't going on, they build the, the music up and they have, remember the part when the ceiling was kind of growing with some sort of leaves or branches and and they had like sounds of that um, happening. See, I like the music in her AirPods. Well, that was just like indie rock. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So people like indie but rock. Still, but... it was like a song that they picked to not listen to the background stuff that was going on behind her. Stuff. Doesn't that count? Mm-hmm. We're, we're talking about the music. Eh, all right. so At the end of the day, in my eyes, there's not a whole lot to, to love. 
Yeah, um, I'm in the same boat. Like, I think they did a really good job for the boogeyman, but there's not a... Dude, making a movie about a monster in a closet, they did Oh, wait, a, I have one job. other really great part that I liked, only because Sorry, I Corey thought... Sorry, Corey gave me this look. Corey gave me this look. I, I have one more great part that I Because it sounds liked. like you, you enjoyed it. If you say something like that. Go ahead, Rach. <laughs> you just feel like arguing right now. Um, my last part that I'll mention, just because I thought it was so funny, was when the little girl, they show this in the trailer a little bit with the red light. Blinks. When did you watch all these trailers? <laughs> like, you were in the theater with me. I don't remember trailers. I have like a goldfish memory. You're always like, on your phone during trailers. No, this time I was because we were booking our uh, yeah, but tickets for or you're we're eating in all blockbuster the popcorn. season, so we got to get that's right. Yeah, that might we're be slotting it. them out for you people. That might be it. Uh, I probably was eating popcorn, but yeah. Anyways, like the blinking red scene, <laughs> just the therapist's <laughs> face. Oh yeah, <laughs> that part was so funny to me. I know uh, it's supposed to be creepy, but like they did going. a really good job of yeah. making it creepy and funny. A lot and, like, of people, when a lot you guys watched that, we were all dying in the theater a lot of people laughed yeah that was funny all right our favorite part because this movie was you know the boogeyman what are we just talked about all our favorite no no i mean our favorite part critiques oh (laughs) (laughs) tongue twister okay so without giving too much away obviously this movie for me just was not scary and it kind of sucks because it's like the boogeyman so i wasn't expecting to be completely scared but Maybe if I hadn't seen that one jump scare, I would have had like a one good jump scare, but I didn't have any jump scares at all. Because you plugged your ears. And you cried. I didn't cry. And I didn't plug my ears. Corey, you saw her. What? You saw her plug her ears. I I cannot. I actually cannot. Did you see him crying? I can't attest to to either of what you guys are saying. Didn't Noah wipe his eyes twice? No, just because I. Rage. Noah. Oh Oh my. This lying, lying to our, to our audience. audience, but it really, it really wasn't scary. It wasn't a no, scary. No, it wasn't movie. scary. Yeah. Okay. So, I, so let's I, get into it. Yeah, yeah. So, even though this movie did a really good job of developing the characters and making like a like a really deep storyline to go along with the boogeyman, <laughs> the middle part <laughs> it relied. It kind of went like to corny in the middle. Like there were some scenes where like, okay, this is like super corny. Mm-hmm. And then it became very cliche where it relied way too much on the jump scares, the slow door opening, the walking down the hallway with the light off. There was like a 20 to 30 minute period where it was, that is only what was happening. And the story wasn't really being moved along. And I agree. You weren't really scared at all. And there was, I, I did, I think. Besides and, the two wake me ups that Noah had. Yeah. yeah but I that's agree. in between like 30 minutes of the movie. So there was not, not a lot was happening. So that was a part I didn't, it, for it kind of being a little bit more high level of a movie, it kind of dumbed down during the second act. Yeah. I think because you have characters who are a lot less active and more passive. And when the characters are passive, you can't help but just to watch what they're doing. There's not a whole lot of individual effort to um, fight this boogeyman. thing or learn about it or understand the mind of the little girl who's going through these things. You know, your father, you're, you're a therapist and your daughter's going through these issues. You, you think that there would be a, a longer conversation about some of these things. And so like, a lot of these characters aren't very active in the story. And so you just end up kind of watching them 
go kinda, about their lives and are affected by this they, thing. They had it kind of sucks because don't you feel like a lot of scary movies kind of have the that like yeah. act where it's like More go in the closet sure. and it's like they still walk in there even though they know something's down there and like they do stupid things because yep. it's a scary movie so they have to. Most, most scary movies do fall to that fault but mm-hmm. there are some that like rise above it and it's like a good movie that's also scary. Yep. This was like kind of started off that way and then it turned to like, oh no, we're just a scary movie. Mm-hmm. Th- that's why I felt in the middle. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, they, I, I think <clears throat> there was a good chance. There was, that was a good opportunity for them to dive into some of the other characters. Um, cause it did focus mainly on, um, one in particular and that would, the second segment would have been a great time for them to dive into, you know, the other family members I thought instead of, just that kind of cheap scares. Mm-hmm. I think as soon as they introduced the boogeyman, the movie died. Like as soon as it crawled. The well, they introduced scene, the boogeyman the dead. first scene. No, no, because <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, like you mean show? You mean no, show? As soon the as fam- they showed the boogeyman? No, no. As soon as they, sh- as soon as the boogeyman came into this main family's house, it died for me. Like the opening scene. Fine, whatever. A little harsh. Yeah, well, that's kind of like where it went to like David the cheap scene scares. where he's freaking out in the therapist's office. Amazing. And then the crawling when she first saw it and was like confused. Amazing. And then after that scene when like she really started realizing what it is and like it was a part of their household. I just did not like it at all after that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was I think like the second act. But then it kind of gets back on track and rounds out the story. Which I felt like it ended a bit stronger. It was just that. So I think me and you kind of fell off on the same part because the the second act or where I started noticing that this kind of went down the drain was when they the boogeyman was heavily introduced. Yeah, and there's a part where the main character goes to the home of the man who visited her father, and you learn a little bit more about the family of the man who just passed on the boogeyman to this family, and. There's a few scenes in there that lost some of its credibility for me just in terms of like plot holes and, and things going on where I was questioning a lot more about what was happening in the movie. Yeah. And okay. so I wasn't as, it wasn't as believable or, or maybe um, suspending disbelief enough for me to yeah. be really gung-ho and really head first into the, to the second half of the film. Yeah, that part I you think- can pull out of like... You can pull that scene out and put it in like any corny movie like that scene you've seen a million times. I think yeah. like the main thing that we all can agree on for that like whole part in general or just like the second act is like if you know you it comes at night or in the dark, then you just keep the lights on. So it's like it really started losing its credibility when they were doing things in the dark. And I know it's a scary movie, so like whatever but yeah and it's the boogeyman so he needs to be in the dark and it won't be a whole movie without it but it's just like i mean i'll say one word like candles like mm -hmm. come on but then it becomes yeah it becomes a cop-out when you just have characters in the dark because the boogeyman feeds off of it well there can be you can have a bunch of ideas about how the lights could go out or how the boogeyman continues to survive in darkness yeah without just kind of having these cliched moments or scenes or scenarios that we've seen a hundred times. And uh, yeah, it it loses credibility because of that. That's what I wrote down manufactured scares Mm -hmm. because they put where kind of the opposite of where the dad handled the situation with the first encounter with 
the husband who who mm-hmm. was accused of slaying his fam- family. In the middle part, like all common sense went out the window and they were putting themselves in these predicaments where it's like those classic horror movie tropes. And there it's like, okay, this is very cheap. You know, it took the low hanging fruit in those yep. instances. Very like gimmicky, gaggy. Yeah. And, you know, you can just throw that, those, throw those things into a horror film, but it doesn't really get deep down into your bones. I always wonder if it's, if it's done in that way. Because you don't remember, you don't remember, you walk away. What would you have done to turn out the lights? Well, well, I'll go ahead. Sorry. I don't want to, I don't want to dominate the conversation. Um, you know, obviously loss of power is, is the most the cli- cliche thing. thing to do, but when you go into a, and go into a home and, and there's an existing family member there, uh, just in the dark. Dude, nobody screamed in the movie. I yeah. noticed like, yeah, I was it, like, dude, just scream. How big is their house? Uh, he's like the little girl. You mean oh, the characters? Just anybody when they're in danger, I'm like... Corey's like the audience didn't scream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that too. No, either, <laughs> e- either or, yeah. I mean... But in the movie, scream, no, I'm like, how scream. big is your house? You have... F- there's a, you're not alone in the house. Like, yeah. People are there. Like, scream. Scream. You yeah. know, if you're really scared, then scream your head off. And also, if you're a little girl afraid of the dark, you wouldn't be walking around in the dark. It, the, even yeah, with a, a lot of the PlayStation even with scene a ball where of she light, would fire herself with the PlayStation, she would never be. Yeah, she would. I would turn on all the lights. Yeah, but uh, you know, a character who's afraid of the dark would never be doing that. So a lot of the credibility goes out the window when you're having characters who aren't true to previous scenes or true to themselves. So or what if what if that. Rob Savage is like, I want to make this like super profound, blah blah blah, but then the studio's like, Hey man, we we need to, uh, we're targeting this demographic. Of course. We need to have some jump scares. And like, and like that was a compromise. Mm-hmm. What if this movie's just to scare kids? Well, you think it, it is. Scare kids? It is. It's, just, it's made to scare people. Yeah. At the end kids. of the day, I mean, the way that I think about it is it all comes down to the script level. Yeah. But like, whatever block, is in the script like, is going to show up on the screen, regardless of studio notes. Uh, you know, it just, it might have been a weak script from the get go. But horror films don't need strong, strong scripts. People will come out. But that's the, that's, what, that's the, exactly what I'm saying is scarce. like horror movies. I'm not sure. I might be um, stretching the truth a little bit, but like the James Wan horror movies, they're notoriously they're known for being super cheap and make a lot of money. Yeah. So people are trying to like repeat that formula. Horror. It's like, hey, like just just taking a place in a house. You know, you can add your little creative twist, but we need like 20 minutes of of jump scares exactly. to bring in the audience. And like you know, the, and then we're gonna get get our return on our, our investment. That's right. And, so and that, that, that might have been. It the wasn't co- a like long movie either. It was only an hour thirty. It was yeah. so short. But if this yeah. was like an indie film, you know, maybe or maybe that's why you liked Hush so much. Like he had more creative control to do exactly what he wanted with the movie. He didn't have these oh, big studio host. notes. Yeah. To or what's it called? Host. Host. When I say Hush. That's the Flanagan. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Maybe so. Yeah. I think during quarantine, at least making that movie on Zoom, it was so un- it was so unique because it was all shot through Zoom, and even they made it apart from each other. So what they did with that was pretty amazing. Um, but yeah, at, at this level, you have studio wanting to you know make a certain amount of money back. You want people just getting people in seats. So I understand it, but for me, it's you know at the end of the day, it's. Sure, but, it's, it but I'm not going to remember this film. I'm not going to, it's not going to be in my conversation for the year. I think they just want to make their, get that check. 
Was this 13? Yeah, PG-13. Uh, Does it make you feel differently? Because it kind of made me feel a little differently. Like, had it been rated R, it would have shat all over this movie. But now that I know it was for, like, 13-year-olds, it kind of mm-hmm. makes me Yeah, it had it less... appeal to a big demographic. Maybe so, but I'm sure there's plenty of PG-13 horror films that we enjoyed very much. Let's try them. What's, really, really what's one of your favorites? Uh, like a PG-13. We just saw Evil Dead Rise, and that was a hard R. Like a yeah, like a PG thirteen horror movie. Or just a, no, just out, a horror Lights movie. Lights Out, which I literally was, was telling 13? Noah it was PG thirteen. Mm. Oh, the visit. Did you watch the visit? Oh, uh, M Night Shyamalan with the grandma yeah. split. Insidious, the first one, twenty ten. Those are thirteen. Mama, PG thirteen. Oh, so in, so Insidious is a PG thirteen horror movie, and that one broke ground. I mean, that that was, but that's one man. That's, and it was there was a few scary actually scary parts in that film, although it didn't end in the best way. That's a PG-13 movie that really rocked, rocked you. Yeah, I and guess so, you're right. There's plenty of films that do that, so it's not like it. I look down on it because it's PG-13, but... What's Annabelle? Those are 13 also, probably. Annabelle Creation? Yeah. 20 bucks is PG-13. PG Rated R. <laughs> really? That one was like my all-time favorite scary movie, though. Yeah, I it's actually... Hard, yeah, it's, my, I like covering my eyes on that. It's hard to know with the MPAA ratings for a horror film, you know, what separates a PG-13 from an R. I'm guessing it's just gore, the amount of gore. Yeah, I guess there wasn't really gore in here besides... Because every time there was, like, a gory scene, it was in the dark, so you couldn't really see exactly... Yeah, there wasn't, like, any blood ...what was it. happening. Mm-hmm. So... Um, that makes sense, actually. Another part that kind of took me out of the movie was you kind of don't know where and when the boogeyman's powers stop they kind of just like we're at liberty with like whatever works for the story at that point of course so that that like you don't know the dimensions of the character you don't know who or what it is and therefore you don't know the extent of his power and then you i would have liked it uh it them to have handled it in a way where he's just like invincible and it's like inevitable kind of Mm-hmm. Rather than you know tiptoeing back and forth with it, yeah, because then it becomes more of a spiritual entity rather than something like that a is cre- like an animal in the woods, tangible that you can yeah. actually you know this, this try to destroy. A movie that I think handled that really well was like Smile. Uh, wait, so you did or didn't see Smile? I did. Oh, you did. Mm-hmm. I liked how they handled like that monster because yeah, you like, can't grasp it. It's yeah, like it's no matter what you do, like this is mm-hmm. like a or it follows or something like that. Yeah, Just yeah, this, I like it. Reminds me, it this follows. like evil spirit that you know passes through people and and you don't even it's know. like inevitable. But here it, they kept going back and forth with like, oh, it's this boogeyman, but mm-hmm. also kind of is it in your like head? Is it in your woods. closet? Is it real? Is it just Tel- the imagination of a child? Right, so. Can it be killed? I didn't like how they tiptoed back and forth with that. And maybe they wanted to keep it ambiguous, but it's hard for the audience to get any grasp on the reality of the story when we're trying to find it in these characters and then you're like not sure. Yeah, I think that's where like it just... This movie would like be like highbrow, then dumb down, highbrow, mm-hmm. dumb down. Mm-hmm. So, what, what can you do? What can you do? Well... Give me all the budget to make a scary movie. I'll mm, show you. There you go. We were just talking about that. Rachel, if you were to make a scary movie, what do you think or what topic would you kind of focus on or surround yourself with? Do you know? 
Do you have any idea? I'll go. I'd- go ahead, Noah. I love this scene. It's one of my favorite scenes in a horror movie. And I think it's you, you're seeing it more and more as you watch a scene that seems completely normal, but then they reveal something that happens later. And then it makes the scene prior terrifying, knowing what you just watched. Okay. And I love that. What do you mean? What, what scene? General yeah. uh, so this is a spoiler warning for the movie Smile. But basically... it has been out for months. That's why I said it's just, we can reveal it. Um, Smile is basically this evil entity is chasing after this girl and he's kind of following her around, but they can like possess people or illusions. So the girl is going to her therapy appointment and she's talking to her therapist for a good 20 minutes. And the whole time the therapist, you don't blink an eye. Like it seems like this is really her therapist. But then at the end, um, the therapist reveals something that's really scary. Mm. And then you're like, wait, what happened? And it, it, it's been the monster the whole time. Right. And then it goes into like a really scary scene after I that. I see what you're saying. So it turns something that's v- very so nonchalant or mm-hmm. run of the mill and just makes it like horrifying. So like the last 10 minutes you've been watching is become super scary suddenly. For sure. So I would play on that psychological mm-hmm. tiptoeing. Like this could be normal. This could be terrifying depending on the context and the circumstances. Yeah. So every word that they said, you know, had a deeper meaning. It was hide- It was heightened. The previous scene was heightened from from the one after from the reveal. Yeah, sounds like an insidious horror movie. Yeah, and that's just storytelling at, at its core. Like the next scene should always build off the previous. I but think so in a, too. In a horror element, it's like you get those tingles up your spine because you're like, oh, yeah. this. It's almost like the monster or the demon was like more aware. Yeah, of so, what's happening than than anything else. So. Yeah, and then in like Evil Dead Rise too when the dead eye first takes over, it walks into the room, like scanning, like, okay, mm. like knowing it's prey and trying to mm. calculate. No, I so thought that scene like that. was so creepy. Yeah, I actually think like little... twerked or like crawling scenes are the creepiest, mm-hmm. like something that moves a little quicker like than the you. Ring. Okay. No, just anything that moves a little quicker than you, but is bigger than you. For sure. And that Yeah. One. Because when you realize that the, this so that that's what your horror movie would be just people crawling it would just be like no not people crawling it would just be like it would have something to do with it would have something to do with something following you that mm-hmm. shapeshifts or tweaks its body weird and only you can i don't know like i, I mean, kind of like, like the every fact- horror movie <laughs> <laughs> goofy joined us apparently <laughs> Goofy, what do you have to say? <laughs> All right, Core, your horror movie. Man, it would have to be definitely psychological because... Yeah. Um, would you call this one psychological? No. It's like psychological is something when you go home, it actually affects your... I don't like those scary movies. Psyche. Like Hereditary. Like those ones mess me up. The ones that make me feel sick after. Hereditary wasn't like even psychological. It was just like effed up. Yeah. I feel like that was psychological. That one was just like... Are talking about like Shutter Island or something? Yeah, it's stuff that kind of gets into your your understanding of even your own reality. That's the stuff that you're like... Whoa. Like it messes with you. Like, I don't know I what... I do like that kind of stuff I don't stuff know too. what's safe. Like, is this kitchen safe? Are you, you, who you mm-hmm. say you are? They try to do that a little bit with this movie, but it, they, they took like the low-hanging fruit route. It, they, they never touched on it like deep enough to really yep. resonate with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, 
yeah, this movie, I, sometimes I'm like, oh, like I like I like where it's heading. And then I was always like let down with the payoff for some of the stuff that they were building up to. Mm-hmm. But it really did root you in in that character work or the character world. Yeah, that's why I was like, you know, so that was definitely the strong part because even if something lacked in the previous scene, you would be like, oh, the way that she's handling this or the way that she, her performance or this connection here, it's like, oh, there's something here still, but it's. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was weird because it was such a heavy character driven movie, but then they relied, like my notes here is they mm-hmm. dove into the characters, it's really driven by the characters, but then they relied so much on like stupid cheap scares totally like a big segment of the movie so it was like that seemed like one of those seems misplaced in this movie correct like there was two people like we need this i want this like and and that was like their compromise yeah exactly like two different people made the movie sometimes it was almost like the director was like yeah i'm getting these crazy notes from the studio or whatever and so i'm going to do what i can to to make like my vision right these characters or their relate their relationships real um yeah, that's why I, I kind of took away from it too. So I know we just watched it tonight and usually we like to record these the next day so it kind of resonates a little bit. But we're strapped for time. It's actually, we're in blockbuster season so we have mm-hmm. Spider-Man tomorrow, Transformers, Indiana Jones, all this month. I think and it's going to be a good summer too. Good summer. But Corey, would you watch this movie again? I would not. This one has left left in the depths of the the horror universe. Yeah, you're going to stuff it back deep in the closet? Yeah. Yeah, where no one can find it, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, It really didn't do a whole lot for me. Rage? Yeah, I wouldn't watch this again. And I agree. There's like so many horror movies where you just kind of let it die. Like Mama, I'll never watch that again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that one. Yeah, that's a great example, actually. Uh, I'm in the same boat. This is a one and done for me. Actually, halfway through the movie, I kind of checked out too. Once it kind of went down that cheap, low-hanging fruit route, I was like, I've seen this too many times. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of over it. I did think the movie made a decent attempt to like kind of recover from down. it. But it, there was just too much of the, you know, I've seen this a thousand times before for, uh, to save the movie for myself. So I'm in the same boat. I would not watch this again. Yeah, and I think it has a, a lot of holes in the story and also holes in the boogeyman character. And so <laughs> you really want to know more about the boogeyman. Well, I mean, why I think do- David Dasmalchian would be in my scary movie, by the way, too. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. I would. Okay. That, I thought he was going to be the boogeyman. That's well, why I said cool, I really like that see how cool scene. that could be? Yeah. That's yeah. Why I like, like you could twist scene. this thing in so many because different ways. Yeah. That's because not just some so, guy in the closet. He was so like unhinged in that scene. The that, movie like, was kind of going know. that route. Like it seemed like when we first started, I was like, Oh, this is going to be like really cool. Mm-hmm. And then it went just like basic movie. Yeah. I mean, and to just to touch on that last point, like the boogeyman decide, he plays with his food and he decides when he's going to eat it, but then he never does. And then, it's like we don't understand it, so we can't be completely invested. That's all I'll say. I know. Without spoilers, like there's so many things that were just so wrong with the movie for me, with the bo- boogeyman in general, like him slashing and then him sucking, and none of it made sense. Like, yeah, what is going on? What are you? Please, please give us something. <laughs> He's the boogeyman. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, we are pushing for time. So, Corey, would you like to go first, second, or third for three words? 
I'll go last year. Oh, smart. I'll go second. Smart. Ooh, putting <laughs> me on the spot, which is a blessing or a curse. Three words. I got to remember this. So it's three words or are you going to say a lot? You make it your own. I always can, just say my three words. If I feel right. like the one of the words got a weird look from somebody, then I'll explain just it. Just make it your bit. own, Corey. Cool, You're cool. your own person. I appreciate that. You can just don't reveal any major plot Stop points. buying time for yourself. Just good. go with the three words. <laughs> okay. The first word is corny. I like corn. Um, what's that from? The corn kid. Oh, uh, corn. So I think corny is pretty self-explanatory. It just really went down that cheap cheap steak route or cheapskate route mm-hmm. of scary movies that you've seen a thousand times. Mm-hmm. The second word is dark. It was like scary movies are usually pretty dark, but you mean lit? Like yeah, how it, like, was, how it was lit. Yeah, it was oh, okay. lit very dark. <laughs> like you couldn't see it. You couldn't see anything. <laughs> yeah, and there, like, yeah, and there wasn't a whole lot of daytime stuff. Yeah, even during like they would the room would be okay. This is putting me down a whole other tangent. But there was times where the rooms like pitch black, and they walk outside and it's the daytime. And I'm like, what the heck? Why are you? They always film in like creepy old houses. That's like, <laughs> but in the middle of the day, it's like just open a window and the boogeyman won't come. Mm-hmm. But that happened a few times, so they just made it like intentionally super dark, and then like they turned like the ISO on the film all the way down or something, so like you couldn't see anything but like the characters and like mm-hmm. one piece of furniture that they wanted you to see, pretty much. Um, which a lot of scary movies do, but I felt like this one did it even like more so. So corny, um, very dark, literally. And then my third word is. Recovery? I don't know. I felt like it ended decently well and kind of picked up from the first act. Um, I, I, I thought that I, I was... From, for what this movie was, I was pleased with the ending, even though I didn't necessarily enjoy the movie as a whole. Okay. So, Rachel, Corey took the honors of going last, so... Um, I think I like the word dark, too, but I'll just switch up my words. First word is brave. Second word is dark. No, I, I had it. Second word I'll just say is children. And then the third word is cast. Those are my three words. You don't want to expand on anything? Leave it at, leave it at that? The only one I'll say for children is because I feel like this is a children's scary movie. That's why. Oh, you mean four children to watch? Yeah, four children. That's why I said children. Core? Man, I hope they're not letting too young of children in this movie. I hope they do. <laughs> there's, there's those kids. I, those kids growing up always scared me. They would watch scary movies. Mm-hmm. Like that in was middle me. school. I watched scary movies in middle school. In theaters? And in elementary. Mm-hmm. In theaters? Yeah, my Aunt Yummy would take me. She's crazy. Uh, that's pretty scary. Um, my three words are watch, host, instead. What's stead? Watch host instead. Watch oh. host instead because that film, uh, if you're watching anything from this director, it's that one because it's really, really fun. I feel like we should watch You really it. made that your own. I, sure, I, I, sure, hate, I hate it. I, sure, <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> I sure did because I don't have you know what three words that? for this Nate movie. Nate did that. You, did, you pulled a Nate. I pulled a Nate. I, I love that genius. kid. I love that kid. He's, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's going he's he's to do some big things. Light years ahead of him. Shout, out, mm-hmm. shout out to Nate. All right. So we've had a big debate about this. 
for our final rating and how we should have our rating system, whether it should be numerical or something more original. I don't think we are ready to change it just yet, but I think instead of doing one to 10, maybe we do one to five and try like that five out. five stars. Okay, five, one to five stars. <clears throat> yeah. Cool. Just like the five star rating, I mean, though. I mean, one to five and one to five stars is the same thing. Okay, I don't know why you're being so aggressive. Yeah, either it. or. You can choose a I'm number or a star. I'm literally just saying, yeah, like the five stars, and then you're like attacking for it. But okay, psycho. <laughs> Only use numbers. Don't even talk about stars, Corey. <laughs> You'll get kicked out. All right, I can go first then, because um, I think this is going to be pretty simple. One star. Dude, it wasn't horrible. One star is like a bad, like a really bad movie. Would you have given it no stars if you could have? Or would you honestly give it one star? I would have given no stars to a really bad movie. What's, okay. what's one, another movie you give one star? What's, uh, one star is like uh, bad. I always think of something recently. Tusk. What, I don't know. Would oh. you give Guardians Tusk of the Galaxy? Tusk is one star for sure. Guardians? Probably a two. Oh, okay, so you got to inflate Corey's by like two notches for his one. Well, maybe. I mean, I have to balance you you folks out and across the table here. I don't think Corey, one star? That's like, this movie sucks. Yeah, I mean... It doesn't suck. I mean, for a horror film in 2023, it it needs to meet certain criteria. I don't know. I'm kind of shocked if you're going to be mad at mine. Go. <laughs> I was gonna do two stars. I mean, two oh, stars wait, we're not up. allowed to do two stars. I was gonna do two out of five. You could do two. I mean, stars. Well, five stars thing. is the greatest horror film ever, right? So, I mean, one. A lot of a lot of films. One's the worst. Fall under. Yeah, one is the worst. A lot of one. A lot of films fall under the one. To the worst. <laughs> worst. Movie. I don't think his rating is like too. So if you think about it, like because two... I was th- teetering between one and two, and then I'm like one's too harsh, so I went with two. But like one did pop into so my head. So two out of five would be like a four out of ten, or a four out of ten. Stars. Uh, we're not going with that rating anymore, bro. Let but the, you, let the you understand 10. how it works proportionally, though. Like no, hmm? because it's. It's Noah. You like don't have if, the proportion. Well, then why would we not just do out of 10 then? Okay. Okay. This would be interesting. What's your rating at one out of 10? So it's one out of five or one star. Okay. And then what's your rating out of 10? Uh, out of 10 stars. Out of 10 stars. <laughs> <laughs> just I, I think a three, maybe a three or a four, right? So how does that math work? It's a one out of five four. and then it's a... Yeah, there's more. There's more numbers. There's more stars, so it's higher. It goes higher up the chart. Audience, please let me know if I'm crazy here. So you're giving it a, what? What? So two out, two of, five out stars, of five stars, and then, and then if it was one out of ten, I'd give it a four. Okay, that makes sense. That works. That. <laughs> Corey, and I, and I, I, gave, I gave it a no. I yours, said three Corey or four. got a sixty percent in high school. It's like passed. Yeah, you said a C was. Uh, what did you say last time? It was like sixty percent to C or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three out of ten is is still failing, my friend. Yeah, it's bad. That's but you gave it one out of five, and yeah, you gave only, it three out of ten. There's five but, less stars than but the pro- ten. But ten proportionally, stars. it's not the same. Sure, sure it is. <laughs> 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 this is I'm not why, gonna give. I'm not. This is why you should stick to one rating. You're confusing yourself. Uh, Getting all uh, worked up. For myself, this movie was very underwhelming, and I would list it. So I'm just gonna describe my rating and I'll give like the one out of five stars after. But it was very underwhelming and I felt didn't meet the 
standard of like today's good horror movies. So from a one out of five, it wasn't horrible though. It wasn't like the worst horror movie ever. It had a lot of bright spots, but ultimately kind of fell victim to some of the classic tropes that made this movie very forgettable. So from one to five stars, I would give it two and a half or three, like around that range, but I'll say two and a half. You can't give halves on stars. Okay. I'll give it a three then. Wow. And then scale from one to 10, I'd give it a six. So that would be like a D if you're doing all that stuff. So it was just like a very underwhelming movie. Three out of five is pretty good stars. But it wasn't horrible. That's my take on it. It wasn't different takes, but I feel like yours is high. It's all right. That's why we got all ends. We got all ends of the spectrum here. Maybe we have to go to like a letter grade system. Think no, that because, because well, but also you know I go low because you go high, and that's so that's what, how. Is that why what? you go low? And that's how you balance just give it, it your own. It your is own mine. rating. You, it just, is you just said you do low because I go high. Well, I mean that's not the general rule, but I know that you're always going to score it a little bit higher. I gave it a D. You gave it three out of five stars. That's, that's a D. That's a. That's a pretty decent movie. That's a D. No, I would say that's a decent movie. I mean, to be fair, okay, okay. would I put it on new, if I saw three thing. out of five stars? Do I want that in a hotel? No. <laughs> Obviously, I want to go to four or five star hotel, but this rating system. But I would, but I would book it me. if I had nothing else to freaking okay, book. Okay, one last quick thirty seconds. Letter grade A B C D E F. Dude, we might as well I, just I, I go just, through. I just, honestly, I don't know. We might as well add X Y Z also, just so you know. Uh, letter grade, normal letter grade from the American grading system, A through F. What do you get? What do you uh, get? F. Okay. Harsh. Fail. D. Yeah, I'm in that D range. Is that what you wanted to do? Or you have? I just want to see where where where. Corey I think the three was. stars is a C. Three out of five is a C C range. Yeah, I would say that's a, a C also. That's not. No, I would say three do the stars math. Five A B C D F. No, Corey. That means this is a C. No. If those are the if those are the five main letter grades, and you give it a three, that means you give it a C. Corey, is that am I not correct? No. Yes, I think I might be. I feel like three divided by five. It's sixty. Percent, but, a, a D. but I think if you're doing it mathematically, so it, obviously, no, I, I thought we weren't makes, doing a numer- I feel like you're doing it more scale. mathematically, and Corey's doing it more like, like I how think I was I'm the only one it. here who is good at math. And no, that's not true. You guys. <laughs> that, but you, was, you did start off saying it, we're we're doing stars because it's not numerical. But one one out of five, it's the same thing. It's one star one. A letter one. It's the same thing. I wonder how many people are still listening to you guys fight about Corey's grading system. <laughs> it's all about the balance. I'm a Libra, so. Corey gives me an F. It's definitely not the worst movie ever made, but it, you're I, not missing and, much if you don't watch and it. And I, I, I wouldn't say it's the worst movie ever made either. You just gave it an F. I wonder how many Fs you have in your F There's bucket. There's a lot of F buckets. Oh. Uh, so, yeah. Most, most modern day horror is, is all in the F. If the I'm F allowed to. You gotta to, watch Evil Dead Rise. If I'm allowed to, you'll at least give that a three out of five stars. You think so? Yeah. <clears throat> that's good. It like answers all those questions about the thing that's bad and like what it can and yeah, can't do. Yeah, Evil Dead Rise was good. It's a person being possessed. So like mm-hmm. it has people limitations. That's awesome. Until it. I won't get spoilers. We could do spoilers for Evil Dead. It's been out for a while. 
It morphs. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that part was creepy. It oh it oh, oh the thing morphs. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. creepy. That that was like creepy. away from a woman. Well, because it needed to at one point. All right, let's wrap this yeah. up. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well, next up we have Spider Man with Zachary Noah's brother. We're really excited to have him on the show. Um, and that's then coming out this Saturday morning. Tomorrow. We are watching the movie tomorrow, and we're we are recording our review of the movie Saturday morning. So you can expect that sometime depending on how fast we get it out saturday night maybe following that we actually have a lot lined up already yeah and then we have indiana jones and transformers i think transformers comes first but we're really excited for you guys to follow along we're actually going to be pushing out more podcasts we kind of hit like a little lull there it's a blockbuster season now yeah so we're excited i'm sure Corey will be back for one of those even though noah refuses to watch <laughs> if, anything if besides. i'm, if I'm oh, allowed transformers. Back. we have if transformers allowed. you say transformers yeah i did oh sorry um oh the flash yeah the flash Corey's the, trying to come did back. Did you say the, the flash? flash? No, I didn't say the flash. <laughs> Corey would not watch the flash. Do you even listen to what I say half the time or you just stare at me? I'm honestly still pissed at Corey. <laughs> All right, guys. This is why they have me back. Thank you guys for listening. Bye. See ya. Bye bye.